You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff writer at IndyCornRose.com. And on today's episode, for the third time this weekend, second day in a row, Tony are back with you simply because of it was injury and we figured we don't want just one of us talking about the injury and we feel like you guys probably want both of us on here to discuss this major impact for the pacers so tony he tore his quad tendon you are the uh you were the doctor last show what's what's the prognosis <laughs> long term <laughs> oh man i just did a lot of research on other nba players to get who had this um most of the stuff I've been listening to and reading today have it as like four to six months if you or I, Adam, were to have the injury and recover, but like six to 12 months to get back to sports playing. Uh, if that's if there's a surgery and there is. Uh, still not known when. Um, but Tony Parker is the most recent player that I found to have this. Um, he got hurt in the playoffs in early May of 2017, and he returned basically Thanksgiving that year. Um, and I know he, he was 34, 35, I think, his 35th birthday crossed during his recovery time uh, when it happened. And he came back basically, like, if you had around, you'd say seven months. So uh, even six, seven, eight months from now, it's in the off season. So I think there's a good likely chance, given that, um, Vic will be back for the season opener next year, but I am not a doctor, nor do I know how Vic's body will respond to everything. So there's a couple of things with injury. One, we have to remember Vic turns 27 in May, which yep. makes him very young in NBA years. or still relatively young in NBA years. I mean, right, an NBA player probably peaks somewhere, I mean, they say athletes between 28 and like 32. NBA might be a little before then, but that's usually when an athlete kind of peaks. So he still hasn't even probably heat his hit his peak athleticism in terms of where his body and the shape he could be in. So that might be delayed, the kind of trajectory he was on, but it's assuming that he comes back and he's able to play, you know, most of next year. Does it look like an injury that will only probably affect what we have left 35 games left, give or take. Yeah, exactly. 35. Oh, wow. I know. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even think I just guessing. Um, so it, you look at it as like a 35 game injury. It's not maybe. So you had the playoffs. So it's like a 45 or 40 probably game injury. Unfortunately, now now they lost him. Yeah. So it's a forty game injury. That's not the. That's like half a season. That's not the end of the world, I guess. It does hurt a playoff run, which you always want your guys there in the playoffs. But that's not the worst thing in terms of what it could have been. I mean, you know, the last time a Pacer guy left on a stretcher, he didn't play for an entire season, basically. So, <laughs> so there's. I mean, there's there's still there are bad memories there in terms of that. But the also oh, part of it, the other part of this is that because it's probably not a full year injury, meaning that he will be back maybe if not beginning of next the first day of next season towards the beginning means he'll play next year a decent amount of games that your your thought process for how you want to build the team doesn't change that much you know you obviously and we were talking about this before the show you obviously probably don't push your all your chips into like you would have been maybe to make the east or the, the finals this season like you might have tried to do everything to get to the NBA finals this year but you can still do that in the summer because you're still going to bet on him being there so you know mike Conley is the name out there you know if you think he's, he's not going to be available next summer because he'll be traded already but he's available now. You might make that move as long as you don't give up Aaron Holiday. You know, you might give up. We were talking Evans, Collison, O'Quinn, a first for Conley kind of thing. Yeah, the since the expirings are now more expendable, like we talked about yesterday. You know that the, all their prices go down just ever, ever so slightly. 
um, in terms of giving them up. Uh, there's the same thing goes the other way where you're more willing to get rid of them in a deal like that if you're if you lean that route. Um, at the same token, though, the young guys' price just went up because now you know you you really need to play them and see what you have with them. And I'm not saying to like pivot to playing Holiday Alze, Sumner, all all a bunch of minutes. Um, but they do become more important to both this season now and the future. So the, their price has gone up while the veterans have gone down. So trade-wise, um, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. But if Holiday was just kind of off the table with Conley before now, he's way completely off. Yeah, I guess the, what, what 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 I do see happening, I honestly could see it's happening this season this off or before the trade line because the Pacers want to make the playoffs and be good in the playoffs. I could see a Mike Conley trade happening. I could see – uh, you know, a Darren Collins and Evans O'Quinn in a future first for Conley, if that could get you. I don't know if that might not be enough, but if that could get Mike Conley, I could see them wanting to pull that trigger because you're getting rid of expiring guys who probably aren't going to bring back anyways, and you bring in a guy who you think can possibly win a first-round playoff series. First of all, like if they're the three seed with Conley, they could probably win a first-round playoff series if you can get them to that point, right? Yeah, they could probably wait win one. So if they so right now they're in the three slot. If they trade for Conley next week. Is he good enough to help them carry to that three seed, and then that's a first round playoff win? Oh, 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 um, that's, that's what I mean. You're not winning a four five. I don't. Probably. I don't think so. Not because I don't think he's necessarily good enough for that, um, but just the time it would take to like integrate a player. You know, they only have a one game lead or two, one and a half game lead on Philly, right? Like just that little slippage of time where where it's a new team is enough to get jumped by Boston. Yeah, Philly. I, if I, you had like a three game lead on them, maybe. But I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, you're probably. I mean, I I agree with you on that. I just think there there's a chance if you brought him in right now, he could maybe. There is good. a chance. There is. He's a good chance. enough. I mean, he's a really good player, and he could probably just kind of somehow fit into the system a little bit. Yeah, that it's hard for me to like think about what they're going to do trade wise because I I can see them being buyers and sellers, and since everyone's prices just kind of changed and it's still really raw, what happened? It's hard for me to like wrap my head around what might happen. And I don't, I, I don't know why, like, like that value of what you're saying makes sense to me, but it's still harder for me to wrap my head around than it was just like two days ago. And it's weird. Yeah, no, I understand. So, but we both agree that you don't trade holiday. You don't trade any assets. You click has a future with the team. Right. So no Sabonis, right. no Turner trades. Sabonis does not get traded unless you're getting like a Bradley Beal. You trade yeah. Bradley Beal. That's yeah. Move. <laughs> yeah. A long-term star. Um, on, on a decent contract, not same just, with Turner, same barometer. You have to be getting a long-term star. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, if they're a long-term star, they're on a max deal anyway, so whatever. Yeah, that's fair. But like, <laughs> there, there's, there's Bradley Beal's max deal is actually less than Conley. Yeah, he though. got 2015 money, so it's low. Well, and he uh, did get the extra. Wasn't Conley in the league for nine years versus Bradley Beal's? Right, right, right. Higher percentage too. Yep, you're so, right. There's all that. Five, yeah, factors. you're right. Turner's a bonus unless you're getting eight. Like guaranteed a home run trade, a bona fide star, you're out. And then the young kids, I guess, just holiday really because yeah, leave your trade. You'd be willing, you'd be willing to move Leaf, Alze, and Sumner in a deal that got you what you need. Yeah, um, I mean, just just holiday, um, like somewhere between the superstar and and Conley is the value where he lands to me. And it, someone was was uh, Carter Rodriguez. He does um, the chase down pod for the Cavs and writes for Fear the Sword. He was talking like about me overvaluing and Pacers people overvaluing holiday. And I get that because his stats aren't super flashy. He doesn't play a ton. Like, 
we might be doing that. But now we're at the point where where easily as the most promising young player, you know, it, like if you fail, if you trade him away and the next team fails, you're just sunk. You're screwed. So that's another reason not to is because he like guarantees the next the next next like two Pacers iterations from now doesn't suck. But if you don't have him, you have a chance to just completely suck, which they haven't done in forever. And I think that means a lot to the organization. So it's also worth noting, well, I would say what every four years the Pacers hit on draft pick. Every like that's that's <laughs> yeah. what we're betting. So they so let's see, it was Granger was like oh six oh seven, maybe maybe oh five somewhere in there. Then George two thousand ten, he also lanced that year too. That was a, a two home run hits. I mean, yeah, for that team. Then you had Turner second and, round pick. Yeah, but I mean that they hit on two guys in the draft that year. I mean, then they hit on Hibbert one year. But in between them, that was a pretty good pick at seventeen or it was seventeen or eleven that year. It was some, I think, it was seventeen that year. And then you're talking about they hit on Miles Turner. I mean, well, you think Turner's fair on it? They he's at getting that guy at eleven is super valuable. I mean, you look, go back yep. to that draft and he would be what a top five pick right now. That draft, I mean, you got like, oh easily, easily. Giannis, I think did Giannis go fourteen in that draft. Or my, he uh, did. So Giannis is the one guy you would be like, oh, well, they, they screwed up. But in terms of like – you would probably go, other teams passed on him. Like it was reasonable. Yeah, it would be Giannis, Kristaps, yeah. and, prob- and Towns, and probably him. Those are the top four or five picks. Booker in there too. Those are the yep. top five. Those are the top five. Um, so, you know, you're betting that like you've seen flashes of him and so you can hit on this pick because it's been about three or four since you hit on one. Second, why would you – I mean, his potential is too much to just sort of like give away for a guy you're not sure changes things for you. Your team. I agree. So yeah, you're absolutely right. He he means a lot. To, it's it's weird how much he means to the organization now, given that I, I think there's validity to what Carter told me, which is like we probably are overvaluing him ever so slightly. But oh, for sure. But what if he becomes a starter? I mean, that's, that's he, he's yeah. He, he actually is now very very important to the organization. So I, I don't think you can get rid of him unless it's a it's a very obviously this makes sense trade. Yeah. Um. Let's turn to uh. <sighs> Sorry. The more can I guess I don't want to call it yeah. conspiracy, but um, so the question that everyone is asking, yeah. So I think everybody has noticed since Oli returned from his injury, he's just not been the same. I mean, it's fair to say, you know, he's been a different player, and they the team and says it's the defenses are guarding differently, but you feel like he doesn't qu- didn't quite have the pop that he had last year. This, you know, like last year, I feel like he could beat any guy to the rim at any moment. That's what even it felt people like. who who don't really know what they're talking about we're like yeah he has less lift on his shot yeah and he can't get to the rim like you could look at his b-ball ref page and figure out the second part there yeah so the two things that would kind of made oladipo one of the best players last season was he also had this jump shot that became super reliable and he had his ability where he could beat anybody off the dribble with like a pick or not even a pick you just get to the rim not yeah not even a screen that's what it was and and if you gave him a screen he was definitely going to beat you like yes you know i mean he Went up one on. He got the the switch on LeBron, and he took LeBron one on one to the rim, and he beat him to the rim in the playoffs last year. I mean, LeBron blocked him on goal technical, but he beat. I mean, that's how good Oladipo is. I mean, the guy who, when he tries, is the best defensive player in the league. I think, and LeBron, when he's really trying at his best. So, and you could just see he definitely didn't have that speed. He still had his jump shot somewhat. Like he still has a very clean looking jump shot. Wasn't going down at any at a great rate, but that's what he still had. But as soon as he lost that speed, he lost some of his strength, and you could see he will didn't have that and so the question is was he already hurt and is that what led to this injury ultimately yeah um you know it could have it and i i it's i don't know about the relationship between what he had before and now enough to make that statement but but the thing is i don't think we'll ever know i don't think any doctor on the team or anyone in the front office will ever come out and say 
that because it just makes them look bad, um, to be honest. But it, it, it's so hard to say because I get why they might want have wanted Vic to play. I get why Vic would want to play, obviously. Um, and that was like, a, you know, he, he said that when he came back right away, he was still hurt. But now he's not anymore. And then he this happened and like. You know, there are a lot of signs that just are weird and maybe they rushed him back and then he got healthy, but because they rushed him back, it still made him more vulnerable to something like this. Like there are a lot of things that could be the case that I don't know that we'll ever know, but I think that we can we can say with some certainty that the the uh, the strain on his knee from coming back from injury early probably had at least something to do with it. Yeah, I think I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised at the end of this season if he had stayed healthy. He would have needed surgery on his knee at some point, some kind of cleanup kind of thing. I talked about the Kyrie thing on the on the uh, glass half empty pod. Yeah. So I mean, that's sort of um, what I you know I wouldn't have been surprised by that. And then so that kind of adds to it. Like, was he at a point where like he needed surgery, or he could kind of play through it and get at the end of the year? Like that's the kind of where I thought right. he probably was at. Where like. He, you know, it was probably safer to take the surgery, but if he kept playing on it, he probably wouldn't do that much damage and he could fix it in the end of the season. He'd get to the team in the playoffs and have a shot. And I understood why he came back. But ultimately, then you realize, you know, if your knee is like 90%, you're putting a lot more strain on the other parts of your legs. And that's why, you know, you have issues with your quad, essentially. Yep. Yep. You know, it's kind yep. of a, it was kind of the big issue when I know both Hayward and Paul George came up with injury. It was like, okay, are these legs going to be strong enough so they don't like just aren't like, tilting to one side constantly like that was why george what did he rupture his calf or something like that or yeah he, well, he only played 15 minutes a game and he ruptured his calf well like. when he tore his calf in the i believe it was the opposite leg because he was putting right. too much strain on the other leg and right you know and that's when it's kind of the thing you have to worry about the injuries it's not the actual okay his right knee you know he's gonna tear his yo it's like is his foot gonna be hurt worse is his leg gonna be hurt worse all that stuff and like i mean that was the thing with durant a few years ago right it was it wasn't that he his foot wasn't healthy. It was like, is his foot, his foot like 80, has to be hundred percent of what he's going to hurt his knee or he's going to hurt his leg. And it's going to just compound over and over again. Right. Uh, and I, I think there is evidence to say that that happened, but I just, I don't think we'll ever find out enough to, to like you said, conspiracy. And I know that's not like the word you meant meant, but that that style of thinking where like, it'll always be gnawing at us. You know, did they screw up by having him come back too soon or, should they not have been playing him at all? Always be something we have to think about as this team season and future happens, which just sucks. Yeah, I think that's a good way to end this uh, segment. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll do some, uh, I guess, Pacer look 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 around right now. All right, welcome back in to Locked On Pacers podcast. All right, Tony, so we're going to try to uh, ignore the Vic injury for this segment. I've got my crystal ball here. And just talk about the Pacers outlook going forward this season this season yeah who's gonna good. play more we did a little bit this yesterday but good. you know who's gonna play more you know the big one is, is Edmund Summers getting it gonna be called up correct yeah that well the the big one is holiday's gonna play um but the minor big one is Sumner's getting a call up because they need guard depth now they're they don't have an, like behind holiday on the pro roster is nobody um but they, they have usually, four guards on there exactly <laughs> that's it's just a rotation Someone gets hurt during a game now, you're in a lot of trouble. So McMillan said they're going to call Sumner up for the rest of the season. I don't have that language right in front of me. Um, But he doesn't have enough days on his two-way contract to just ride that out the rest of the way. So he's almost certainly going to get it converted. Uh, My guess is what they'll do is uh, they'll they'll keep Stephon Hicks on the team through the rest of his 10-day. 
Um, and then as soon as that's over and expires, they'll convert him because he has enough days to make it through Hicks's thing. There's no point to wave Hicks if that's the case. Well, right. Uh, they can put Vic on some version of IR essentially and get another roster spot, correct? No. Uh, okay. They cannot. Yeah. Uh, the uh, So the, the the way that worked, Bobby Marks had an insult to injury on Twitter right after the, the thing happened last night. January 15th is the last day to apply for a designated player exception. Um, That's which, right. Yeah. So the Wizards applied like a day early for John Wall and literally 10 minutes ago we found out they got approved for that. Um, so Vic got injured too late to apply for one of those, but that is that is basically what IR would have been, and they would have gotten an eight point six million dollar roster exception. But that will no longer that could, they cannot get that. It's too late in the year for that to happen. I don't get why that has a deadline though. Yeah, I mean, I guess you don't want it to, to apply like in March for it, but I don't right. understand what the. But why? I think the deadline should be. Or like, maybe there's like a criteria. March first is the day where you have to be signed to a team to play for that team in the playoffs. Why is it not that day? Yeah, I, I do you think. I guess how strict are those deadlines? Did the Pacers try to like Mary. make a stake about it. Can they get one? Mary. They would know. not win that. I know they would I never just, set that precedent of letting one team do it because then every team would ask for it. Well, I mean, it's unfortunate because they'll, they'll probably go back and change this rule this offseason. That means I don't know. I don't think they'll they'll be like, oh, that's the reason. That's well, let's see. I'm trying to think if it's, if it's, it's like not a problem. Thing. If it's a couple, it's not a problem, and it's not unfair. I, no, I understand it's not a fair, but let's say there's a couple of compounding injuries to major players. That will change this rule instantly. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think that'll happen, though. Anyway, <laughs> that sucks. There is no replacement in that way, which would have been nice. Uh, but Sumner will probably get called up after the Hicks 10 days over. I don't think Hicks will ever play on his 10-day, which sucks, um, but it's cool that he could be with the team. We never talked about him. I mean, yeah, we don't really we have him, to. We missed him for a second, but I figured it, he's a – Two, it's like a 10 day counter doesn't really matter. He was inactive in their last game. Like they have no plan for him to play. I don't think um, he's a six, six guard who is good because he's six, six, but has like an awkward form and he's a G league level player. Um, but when he's gone, Sumner will get the promotion. He'll be the fifth guard soaking up what the role that holiday has or had, I guess for the last month where he just plays in garbage time basically, or if like there's a foul trouble situation or something like that. Yeah, so then we're going to get the probably pretty decent Holiday, Joseph, McDermott's a bonus lineup. With maybe I love – Holiday has been fitting in with that bench real well. The question is, too, is also, I mean, part of this whole thing is, do they end up playing fat like 40 minutes a game? You yeah, no. One year nope. fat. Nope. Why not? That's another, that's another thing I was going to say is uh, TJ Leaf's going to play every game now. Uh, you know, is he really, I, they were only playing. Why nine would they before. not? Why would they? No, he didn't play against the Raptors. Did you know this? That? Yeah, because they were only playing nine guys before his injury. No, they were playing ten every game up to the Raptors. He played like ten games in a row. But so, what? What about the in between? That was when Vic got hurt last time. Leaf didn't play a ton. No. So they but played, then right? Leaf did start playing when Turner got hurt, and he oh, played that's every, right. Remember, and yes. then he played every game. He played in every game in a row from Turner's first game out in Toronto up through the last Toronto game. He didn't play in that game. and that was, He only played a minute 30 against Dallas at the end. But every other game he got rotation minutes. Um, and then he just but he didn't. only got the first. Right? He didn't. He got. It was a mix of like first half rotation, second half rotation minutes. Right? He didn't always get second half rotation in, minutes. Uh, in, so the Toronto game, he got garbage time. The Dallas game, he got garbage time. Every other game he got at least first half. And then in four of them, he got second half as well. Yeah. So I um, – 
But he, that's still in the rotation to me. Like they're sitting Thad during minutes where the other team is trying. I guess you're right. No, they, I, I just don't. I guess I always view as you're not, you're not in the second half. You're not really in the rotation. <laughs> understood. But understood. That's, that's just a valid a, point. That's a valid point. But I think you have to play him every game now. What are you losing now? You know. I mean, you have to. You have to try. You cannot just say. You can't say like the season's a sunk cost and also say we're not going to try TJ. Lee. No, you're right. I just feel like Leaf is is just. So I know. Bad. I understand. Like, I, 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 I know that fr- it's a frustrating sentiment, but I feel like he has to play every game now. And what's the point of burning out Thad too? Like, there's none because you because you don't have him next year probably. So just use him up. <laughs> no, you should resign Thad. He's a veteran. I know, but saying maybe doesn't maybe doesn't want to come back. And Leaf's back for sure. So you might have like they already picked up that option. So they might have. It's well. it's the old Le- 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 Le'Veon Bell approach. <laughs> Even yeah. if Leaf's only getting the eight twenty he got against the Hornets, like that's fine to me. Yeah, no, I, I think it's – I guess I was thinking more you play Thad a lot the second half, I guess. So maybe you don't up yeah. to 40, but you ride him. Was he, he's playing like 30 a game this year. Maybe get into like 32 a game. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing uh, – Miller Time tweeted this, and I had it in my post about what happens now. Um, like if they were going all out for the forward thinking, you'd see the Turner Sabonis for 10 minutes every game. But that hurts Thad and Leafs' chances of playing. So, But they, maybe they'll do that. That would be just, yeah, that's, that's, that's a smart that's, move. It's certainly an it's certainly an option, and it's definitely not a bad one because it still allows them to, to fake say they're competing, and it has been a a successful gr- pairing this season. So yeah, but I'm concerned. So who would the three guards be? Joseph Holiday and or no, Joseph Evans. And, Joseph Evans, DC. Yeah, I guess that could work. It will. Yeah, exactly. I see where you were going with the guards thing, though. You know, like because that's where it made them click a lot because they could screen for him and make you know make the defense scramble a lot. Well, that successful lineup is if you look at like the, the isolated five men that work in that. I mean, I know it's a, like not enough minutes to really make a difference, but it's the guard ones that work in that. The They're three not, guard, yeah, yeah. The three guard. We need to play, you know, McDermott or Bogdan. Basically, it's a, it's a garbage lineup. It's yep, just not good. <laughs> yeah, so the, I'm glad we're, we're getting to this though because I think the front court rotation and and why. Uh, none of you heard this. We talked about before the show, but me and Adam were deciding to do a pod before the Grizzlies game or after. I think after uh, this has value too is like we can see the first instance of what they might be planning on doing. With could that, Thad play three? Could Thad play the three? Holy hell, absolutely not. Right, but could they do the young Sabonis Turner Evans Collison lineup? Like, like is that? My the... God, dude, you're crazy. But aren't those their five best players? <laughs> They're five best players that are healthy right now. So it's Joseph, yeah, right now. Kojo, Joseph, Evans, or, or Collison, you pick. I mean, uh, yeah, probably. Boyan and or no, not Boyan. Oh no, you need you need Boyan. Boyan's maybe, in for sure. So maybe you do Kojo, Boyan, Thad, oh, yeah, bonus turn. Baby, oh man, that could be an interesting lineup. It would be weird, <laughs> really weird. Big injuries really change stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I would love to see this weird experiment lineup. That, like, okay. This is an aside that is kind of related. Like my favorite thing is is the garbage time lineup with McDermott at the two and Leaf at the three. It's just hilarious to me. <laughs> but like seriously, like I'm trying to think. So if Thad plays the three, he can guard threes. He could. You are a crazy threes. person. No, but he, he can he, guard threes. That is true, and I, I I have been on the record saying your position is what you guard. Like so, he can guard threes. So that's like okay. Offensively, he not stretch the floor, and that's the biggest problem, right? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! For the last month. Come on, we got to give him some love. Well, and, and Sabonis hit a three against the Raptors. He hit more than Sabonis one. Sabonis seven for nine from three this year. That's amazing. So, so maybe you. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, why not? Why am I happy right now? This future discussion is making me smile. I think there was a. I remember there was a point that last year I was like, 
where they maybe it was before the season. I was like, they have nothing to lose. They should just try playing Stad Sabonis <laughs> together. Like, just see what All happens. Right, so since since December first, Stad Young is a forty three percent three point shooter. Yeah. So why would that? <laughs> tell me why that lineup really wouldn't work. At that of the three. Oh my gosh. I mean, if he's hitting forty three percent, you play Turner who's shooting forty percent. You play Bogdan is shooting forty five. This is so silly. Now I love that we read. no. But tell me seriously. Tell me why that wouldn't work. I'm seriously <laughs> thinking about it. Like if they shoot that well over the past, why would that not the lineups work? It would work. I don't, I don't know. I, like, I feel like you need a wing who can like take someone off the dribble and, and like like what, do what Bojan does. Well, you you just put the ball into Bojan's hands. He lets the bonus be the point guard, almost essentially. No, <laughs> seriously, you You're spread. The, no, but that's what, you know you you get the top screen and you spread everybody out and has a bonus. Essentially, has like a point center. I mean, he could he actually could do it. If he's guarded against. You a bonus is the ball handler and a Sabonis Turner pick and roll. <laughs> I mean, Sabonis is a. I mean, I don't know where he ranks the ballers on the team, but he's a really good ball handler in terms of just like because you get the center match on him, so it's even like it's more exploiting than like having Collins as a good ball handler against another guard. You mentioned Boyan guarding a quick two. Yeah, that's that's the problem. <laughs> that's the <biggest> issue. <laughs> so like the seventy sixers just—I mean, they just destroyed any lineup, but like they just destroyed that one to death basically because you got Butler and, and Reddick just. <laughs> I'll actually that might work against them with Simmons. Who can't? No, they're tall. They're funky. Yeah, that's a tall lineup if you go Sabonis, Turner. So you have Sabonis. I don't know what has happened to the Pacers that we've you have Sabonis, hold on. You have Sabonis guarding and beat. Turner guarding Chandler. Uh, you've got Thad on Jimmy. You've got Bojan on Redick, and you got Kojo on Simmons. Or maybe you flip Bojan and Kojo, and that works. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Um, serious lineups, though. Uh, I'm trying to think about it. So Sabonis, Turner is a serious thing. They should play more. Um no, and like I think you might you I don't know like this is all anecdotal like in theory stuff but like Holiday and the two young centers like well so the question yeah. is does Holiday at some point like do you just start Holiday where Evans would start and just see what happens and instead and let, let the bench be the same but have a different start kind of like when they played Joe Young as a starter one game just because they're like let's keep the best unit where it is so I'm not in favor of like cutting veteran minutes maybe maybe like a tiny bit. Like, so maybe they, you don't cut minutes because you end up playing at the end of games more, but you just you just kind of slot. You don't want your bench unit to be disturbed by the injury, I guess. Is right, 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 right. Right, their bench is what makes them good. Um, I always say that, and this was in my post there too. It's like these guys have earned the opportunity to compete, even if they don't have their best player. That doesn't mean they don't want to try still. Yeah. So, no, but I'm not sure putting Holland in a certain lineup makes them not compete, does it? No, but how does Darren Collison think of, think about that? That's true, and I guess. You do need a bigger. Well, you know, how is a decent defender? I mean, I don't, he has the size of a defender. Yeah, I don't know yet. We have. <laughs> he's not a sieve. <laughs> he's better uh, than Collison, I feel like. It, I, I don't. I definitely don't agree with that. What? Darren Collison is a pretty solid uh, pick and roll ball handler defender. No. Yeah, but, but, do you have, but Aaron Holiday can like actually cover the court. Oh, you're crazy if you think Holiday is better than. No, Cosby I don't. I don't think he's than. like like. I just. I just. Right now, that. I will concede that at, at that both of their apexes of their defensive lines. Uh, yeah, Holiday will be better. But yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's what I'm right saying. Now. Yeah, that's fine. But he's a rookie. I mean, he's, he's still figuring it out. Right. Right. No, I'm. I'm I guess that makes sense for right now. He, I. I guess right where he should be. Ev, Evans probably is the ultimate guy that benefits the most because he can kind of go back to Memphis Grizzlies. Evans, but with a better team, so maybe he has a shot actually. Well, and that's yeah. something that's interesting to me too. Man, I have so many thoughts today. Um, you know, now Tyreek's played like almost every one of his games since Christmas. 
has been at least good. You know, he, he had a lot of stinkers before. He's only had two of them since Christmas. If we can get at least decent Tyreek with the starters, like how much does that change the optics too? Well, and, and also I think Evans has proven he can carry the workload of, of a team for 40 yeah, years. Yeah, he has – I think he has the second highest usage on the roster. I mean, if he was – I might be in, wrong about that. Don't quote me on that right now. Maybe it's the bonus. He's in the top three. So if he if he had been on a if Memphis had been in the East and not the West last year, no, he is. I was right. Okay, carry on. He might have had a, the, his team in the last year might have had a shot at the playoffs for all we know. You know, we <laughs> we think the Grizzlies were terrible because they played in the West. But if you had put them in the East last year, which they are in East of Mississippi, that would make sense. They might, <laughs> might have had a you know they might have been the eighth seed in the, with Tyreek as the leader. Yeah, in the East. He was very good last year. So since his since that uh, Christmas uh, day of Christmas return, he is. I think we did the last pockets, but 12 and a half points on 46, 37, 73 shooting. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you you'll have to up that field goal to like 15 per game, but yeah. Like, and maybe it I just have the bar too low for him because he was so bad for like a month and a half. But I mean, well, I'm I'm taking fine from him. I also think he probably doesn't he doesn't really work playing well with Vic because he needs the ball in his hands, just like Vic does. So maybe with him the ball in, he's also this much more efficient player yeah. because he can he can like take step back threes, nobody's telling him not to. Because Vic took a ton of them and nobody told him not to. <laughs> well, and Nate's talked about how he likes Evans' decision making, like maybe more than most of us observers do, but And maybe when he's not playing with guys who I guess, but like the bench is like play. well, okay, but like Collison in theory helps him because he's a better shooter than Kojo. Um, um, also playing with Thad will also because that always makes that will help him a ton too. because that helps everybody. <laughs> well, because like you know, you have some bonus, you have to kind of roll pick and rolls through to the rim where like Thad just cuts to the rim and you can just as long as you recognize right. it, you can get an easy bucket and an easy assist a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. There are reasons to think Tyreek good Tyreek in the starters has, yeah. It's the question is, is how much yeah. is the drop off from Tyreek's. To holiday in the bench unit, and is that significant enough? I mean, they went seven. No, and four. the drop from Vic to Tyreek is big. <laughs> no, no, it is. They're both questions. But but if Tyreek is playing where he played last year, is it? It's probably eighty percent each way. If he's eighty percent of what Vic was, and then Holiday's eighty percent of what he was for the bench. Yeah, more like sixty for the start. Yeah, I was gonna say, can we go a little lower in that, please? I guess we, we got to factor in Vic's defense hugely. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tyreek, I'm higher on his D than everyone, but like he's six but, six. But Vic's another level of defender. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't want to compare them at all. Yeah. Um, this is an opportunity for him, though. I, I'll say that he's yeah, on an expiring deal. Maybe something happens. Um. So I guess we should kind of just look at the schedule real fast. Um. So they don't have a. An, you have to. They. They. Yeah. I mean. So I think they have they had they had the easiest schedule up to this point in the season. So I think they have a pretty tough schedule heading. Their March is just insane. So I'm just looking. So they, they should be able to beat the Magic, uh, Cavs. These long pauses are frightening. Pistons, <laughs> Magic, Bulls, Knicks, Magic again, Magic again, Pistons twice. Atlanta. They close with Nets. They cl- <laughs> I'm imagining this this not insane scenario now where they're playing the Nets on a Sunday matinee game on April 7th for like a battle for the for the sixth seed. So, oh, Nets and Hawks. So I get you 11. So that's, that's 43 <laughs> wins for the team. No, they'll, they'll surprise us with some too. Are we sure? I mean, I mean, yeah. they, well, they played they the Mavericks game. So. I'll make the first time. I didn't count the Mavericks. 
Okay, here's without Vic the first time. Beat the Jazz. Uh, beat the Jazz again. Beat the Suns. Beat the Bulls. Beat the Magic. Beat the Kings. Beat the Wizards. So, Not okay. Great. <laughs> All right. So if we go back, then I, I can add a win for the Pist for the the Mavericks. Add a win for the Wizards. And add a win for the Grizzlies. So that gets you to like forty-seven then. Yeah, they have thirty-five left. If they win anywhere between ten and fifteen, I think I would. I think that's what I expect. Yeah, I mean the playoffs. What, the, what do they need to make the playoffs? I mean, if they lost every to make game the from playoffs, they need to get to like forty, which is easy. I say if they lost every game here on out, would what were the odds to make the playoffs? Still, they just do an O and what do they got thirty-five? Oh, for thirty-five, they would not make it. No. Um. Well, let's see. The eight seed right now is the Heat, and they're barely under five hundred. So oh, okay, you're right. I'm looking more at the Wizards for twenty twenty. The nine seed, yeah, the nine seed is under forty five win percentage. Like it's the Pistons Wizards slap fight so, right there. So if they if they want eight more games, they're probably in the playoffs, right? You said forty. I bet the Pistons are going to close the nine seed at about thirty four thirty five. So you really have to be ahead of that number. I mean, would it be terrible if they went five and thirty and got a lottery pick? Got the, <laughs> yes, that would be awful. Are you I mean, kidding me? How disengaged everyone would be at them? Oh, well, you remember. I'm just talking about for the team in the long run. You trade away all your expirings. You just. You oh, know. I hate that idea. I hate it. I hate it. I know. I hate that idea too. I just. <laughs> just a thought. People who. People. I love that KP clapped back at that dude who told him to tank on Twitter. That was fantastic. You're too far along. You don't tank right now. You. You. You just. Oh, you can't. You can't. You just give your young guys a chance and you look at if you there's just, a really good offer for one of your guys that you don't need in the long run. I had a guy, Adam, tell me on Twitter today that to replace Vic, they should go with uh, Carmelo Anthony. Um, no, I would rather um, <laughs> gouge my eyebrows out than never watch basketball again. <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's like slightly crazier ideas, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think ter- is is young Sabonis Turner lineup crazier than that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I really want Turning to on Melo to be your like, hi, you guy. Oh, five, <laughs> just just like five minutes. Get bring bring me Kojo. Boyan. Um, Here's a fun thing. Carmelo signs with the Pacers. What rank does he end the season at in terms of jersey sales for the team? No, nobody buys jersey. They never oh, you don't it. think so? If Carmelo and Anthony signed here for the rest of the year? I feel like Indiana fans don't like Carmelo. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're right about that. Not that it's not that well liked anyone in the NBA. It's really his fall from grace has been just, just hilarious. So bad. But he wasn't even like horrible with Houston. He just didn't fit what they were doing. No, but like you know, there was a point where like probably in like the 08, 2010 range, we thought Carmelo's like he's as good as maybe as good as LeBron or the closest. He won a scoring title. Yeah, I mean he he was he, awesome. He, when that Nuggets team lost in the West Finals, you're like this guy's gonna this guy's gonna win a championship someday. Like he has a shot. He's gonna be in an NBA final. He's gonna be competing with LeBron someday for a championship, and then it just never happened. With Vic out for the year, expect a lot of locked on Pacers uh helter skelter conversations such as such as the one you were currently listening to. Yeah, well this is just two days post injury. I know, I know. Really. The, and, and then like everyone's exhausted their entire thought train of this now. Yeah. I think we'll move on to actually just real Pacer talk. The question is is are we gonna bring up once well Vic is her game, thing. Once they play a game we'll have such a better idea. Yeah. I just feel okay. like half the pie is gonna be well, Vic is hurt, so I guess this is not as bad. But like, if guys play movies, we have to be critical. We have to just talk about it. I honestly think, with no expectations, it could become more fun. Yeah. Well, right now, I said I I have a five and thirty expectation for this team to end. Yikes! <laughs> not really. I'm thinking I probably 10, <laughs> 10 and twenty five is probably where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Man, they were so good this year. That's so disappointing. I know. Sixty eight percent wins is insanely like, good. They were gonna win like maybe fifty five games. They were on pace for 56. Just on win percentage, though, so probably not actually. 
Yeah, yeah, probably 55 is where I think I had him when I did my last little run through the schedule. Yeah, well, I, it, yeah, it's it's crazy that this Grizzlies game means so much. And then they have cords next week. Their second and third games without Vic. NBA TV at home against Golden State at Wizards on ESPN. Like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You think ESPN's happy to have the no John Wall, no Victor Oladipo Wizards Pacers game? I'm sure they're pumped to watch. Um, I was going to say Jan Mahimi take on like Kyle O'Quinn. Just they're for, just <laughs> have the two worst time to come back. They can actually play minutes. Or maybe TJ Leaf. Dude, their week next week is insane. Their first week without Vic is insane. Warriors and then at Washington, at Orlando back to back. And then two, a day off and then at Miami. That's Frankly, great. beating the Raptors is gonna, might be like the difference between the six and seven seed right now. <laughs> Yeah, the Raptors fans are like, hey, whatever, cool. I didn't play. We lost to the third seed in the road. I'm like, dude, we the Pacers beat them without Vic. Like, that's a good win. <laughs> Pacers, man, I mean, think about it, if they've been healthy, they might be a team that actually, you know. They beat, they beat the Raptors. I mean, I know Kawhi didn't play, but no Vic either. It's just sad. Only one Vic playoff in two years. It's just, it's just sad. I know, I know. It's a well, shame. Hopefully we'll get more in the future of him. We'll never, we have yet to see Vic versus not LeBron in the playoffs. Oh Which yeah, ducks. Man, trade for Mike Conley. There's trade for Mike Conley. That that that's the move right now. I made Adam sad. Yeah, I, I've already been sad. You didn't make me sad. <laughs> uh, all right, you got anything else you want to talk about? Um, um, not really. I don't think it's reasonable to expect them to trade for anyone super good or to bottom out. So. Like, like have middle. reasonable expectations of little of, of appreciably small moves at the trade deadline. Yeah, maybe they'll make some kind of move with a future, very future, but to get a player to add to their depth. But that'd be it. Our next weekly show trades will be much different than this one's. Yeah, the problem. I guess I'm trying to think how they can use a second round pick without trading a guy they have. To, I guess they could Kyle Quinn a second for somebody could get you a rotation player possibly. That is true on a one year deal. So that's that's what I would look for. I, I had trouble finding a deal like that. I was looking around for any guy who makes Whoa, five million dollars. Figure stuff out by next week. Well, the guy is Lance, but uh, we can move on. That <laughs> that's I mean Kylo Quinn in a second for Lance probably gets you him. Maybe I don't even think you have to throw in the pick there. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we will end this Lockdown Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers. You can follow Tony at Teased NBA and me at Free Madam Five. We'll be back with uh, probably a show on Sunday, and then obviously Tony will be back for our weekly show on Monday. That is all for his podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.